Welcome back to SwitchCast. We are on the road this week with Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall is a professional drifter. He runs in the Formula Drift Series, and he also is a scofflaw. He's done some cannonball-type activities and actually organizes the Southern Classic, which is a race, not a race, from uh, Lakewood Amphitheater in Georgia to Texarkana to buy some Coors and back again. It's a tribute, a fitting tribute to the original um, Bandit Run I guess they never actually did a race. They filmed the whole thing within 10 minutes of Atlanta. But uh, anyway, it's it's a really cool event. And Taylor is an all-around car guy that tries to keep the spirit of cars alive in a whole number of different ways. Anyway, he has started, he has taken his drift expertise and started a school called Drift University. And he runs that at Mid Pond Racetrack down outside of Birmingham, Alabama, where you can go and learn how to drift from the pros like a pro. And I signed up for his school because I thought I was sort of decent at sliding cars around corners, but realized how rusty I really was and wanted to brush up on my skills. And it was pretty stinking awesome. I learned a lot. And you can actually see the recap video on our YouTube channel. We did kind of a a vlog of the event highlighting, well, the highlights. And uh, we interviewed Taylor while we were down there and learned a little bit more about the ins and outs of pro drifting and what it takes to get there. Uh, Kind of the the heartache and success, uh, the roller coaster of trying to be a professional race car driver and all the uh, politics and drama and fun, all the highs and lows that go along with that. Um, So tune in, listen along, and uh, enjoy this interview with Taylor. All right, Taylor, it's good to catch up with you. Uh, We are here at Mid Pond Racetrack somewhere in Alabama, near Birmingham, I think. Yeah, we're not quite to LA yet, but we're <laughs> we are in mid to LA. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the real LA. <laughs> I think not quite to LA. I think of a cannonball, but uh, lower Alabama. Yeah, lower Alabama. That's that's a thing. Where I grew up in Maine, there was a a couple podunk cities called Lewiston, Auburn, and they called that LA. But it was probably about as much crime as the real LA, and none of the appeal. But perfect. I digress. Um, so we're here at Drift University, which is something you started. So tell us about Drift University. Yeah, so it's it's me and my wife's company, um, and basically we just recognize the hole in the market. There's a couple of these schools in the country, but there's nothing in the southeast. So um, we we saw you know a hole in the market, and um, I've done some instructing with Porsche and some other different companies, and oval track racing and road racing and i was just like you know what i'm into drifting i'm you know pro and formula drift and uh hopefully have enough credentials to uh you know say that i I know how to do this and well you blew my next question which is what makes you qualified to do this (laughs) well that's that's in the eye of the beholder i suppose (laughs) um but yeah we we have a formula drift pro license and i got a couple of my buddies that have formula drift pro am licenses that are instructing with me and um yeah we we just try and I would have loved to have had something like this when I was first getting started in drifting to not have to go through all the bad habits that I learned mm-hmm. and um, it, like drifting on the street, right? Like <laughs> drifting on the street and you know just just things that you do with the wheel and with the throttle and with the brake and just 
just learning the wrong way and nobody's there to tell you any different. So create a space that, um, that someone qualified can tell you different. Creative space with constructive criticism. Yes. Yep. Okay. Did you go to any driving schools growing up or were you completely self-taught? I mean, did you do anything like Skip Barber or any car control skills? No, no, I had to do uh, defensive driving a couple times due to speeding tickets, but those were uh, suggested by local law enforcement. Right. Well, they're wrong anyway. I had to do one of those and they told me that one of the the answers to the questions, it was multiple choice, was in, in what amount of water can a car hydroplane and the least amount given was six inches and that was the answer. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? This this is the yes. answer. Can hydroplane in like a tenth of an inch? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> inaccurate information. <laughs> like, we'll say. Come on, I really wish I could have taken the class in person because I would have given the instructor some crap. But anyway, okay. So so uh, you started Drift University. How many uh, sessions? How many classes have you done? We're probably seven or eight in now, and um, I'm we've been very fortunate. So. We, we have a different model than most of the other schools around the country, and, and that is we have like a, a two-student-to-one instructor ratio, and we won't go more than that because it's very, very important to us to have that intimate experience with the student. We feel that that's the way they learn the fastest. They make the most progression from the beginning of the day to the end of the day or the beginning of the session to the end, whatever they decide to do. And, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of our model and it really has worked. There's, I think you can attest now, uh, yeah. from, from where you start at the beginning of the day, if you listen and pay attention and take what we have to say to heart, you will improve and right. you will, you will right. get to do this. Yeah. And I was like grabbing instructors and saying, Hey, come with me. And you know, I wanted that feedback. Um, and it's, it's certainly a nice change um not to knock mid ohio school at all they have a great school but i I put my wife through their performance driving school and you know it's the typical corporate school where they have 15 uh 15 drivers and three instructors and so they're doing it via radio and stuff like that and i was really glad that i was with her in the car because i essentially became her like right seat instructor yeah and and, that's and that she way needed a lot that of not everybody needs that but but she needed that because she didn't have car control training before that to understand what was going on and you guys are great because you know you're there's always somebody watching either from the track or in the car and giving direct feedback and that's been really helpful because man this is this is really hard like I can slide a car around a little bit. Like I can put my right foot in it and do power slides, and I, it's different. I, than that, I, though. I understand car control. I've been to a lot of schools. I'm really confident there. I had my confidence kind of shattered at the beginning of the day, and you know, like I started out on the figure eights and showed everybody what was up, and then went out here, and I'm like, I can't slide a car. <laughs> so it was really good to have that that feedback. Yeah, and look, when I first started drifting, like it, it put me in check too. You know, this is probably maybe the the most humbling motorsport that you can come and do, coming from any other type of motorsports, because you can pretty well come off the couch and go to a road course event and at least somewhat look like you know what you you're doing. You cannot wreck. Yeah, 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 and and nobody's gonna make fun of you or anything. Right. Um, and that's the other piece of why we kind of did what we did here. So. Drifting is is primarily um, a younger audience, right? And um, and people are mean. So, 
um, there's there's a lot of because they have the internet. Yeah, there's a lot of fear among new people where if they get a car or rent a car or whatever and go out and learn to do this in front of all their friends that they're going to get made fun of. And sometimes they're right. Um, sure. So that's we try and create a a space here where you know judgment free. Almost everybody is is pretty new, other than the people coming back to learn for more and those people are willing to share information with the new people too so it's just a very positive positive uplifting type of environment and that's right. what we want to foster right um so i've i've said that i think everybody that's on the road should go to some sort of advanced performance driving school car control obviously this one's a little beyond that and more of the the show-off fun stuff but it very much you have to get car control to be able to slide a car around it's still um, practical yeah, for sure. Um, I guess my question would be, what are your recommended pre prerequisites to a school like this? Because even in this school, so we have, uh, uh, it runs the gamut. So we've got a couple guys that have basically no experience at all. Um, a couple guys, myself included, that have a lot of road course experience. And one guy who came from sim experience and all varying degrees of success what have you seen is the best way to come into a school like this to, to get the most out of it? it it really does vary um the the best advice that i could give to anybody is have as much real world driving experience as you possibly can and know how to drive a manual transmission um <laughs> And I've had people come that don't, and and they spend the first half of the day. I've I've actually done a couple of private classes where we just go down to a road and do four hours of just learning to drive a manual transmission. And um, kid was 15 and did that, did a half day class, learned how to drive a five speed, came to the school the next week and did great. Um, I mean, awesome. it's he had some sim experience, and I it's. It's crazy to say because I did not learn how to drive like that at yeah, all. Yeah, me neither. But, and I can't drive a sim. I'm terrible at it. I'm not good at it either. Yeah. But these kids that are coming in to my school with sim experience, most of them are doing well. Yeah. Um, and it really, I, I couldn't be more surprised by that, but it, I've seen it several times over i mean the results speak for themselves um, yeah i, I kind of had to it. yeah that's that's <laughs> i was just going to speak to that i, I had to kind of eat my words because somebody asked me about sim driving and my opinion on it uh, a few weeks ago on an episode and i was like yeah whatever like maybe it's good for improving your skills but like it doesn't make you a really good driver because you don't have that fear factor and the, the real vehicle dynamics and I mean, the proof is in the pudding. The it best, is. the best driver, the fastest learner out here today, was a kid who had not much experience, never even or, been to a drift event, right, and just killed it because he's been he's been on the sim. The so. good thing about that, I, when I'm trying to put together of how this is, this is possible, um, is just the amount of time that you can spend doing that as opposed to other things like even us doing road racing or oval racing. It's a very short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. We don't get to go home at night and go practice that. Um, yeah, that's they, true. They do. Um, they, even if it's just, you know, a fake wheel and fake pedals, you still have the muscle memory of doing that. Right. And it, like you said, the proof's in the pudding. It works. Right, right. All right, so let's talk about uh, drifting in general. So you are a pro drifter. Uh, I think a lot of people assume that any pro drifter, pro racer means you just get paid to go do it. Yeah. And pro, <laughs> pro racing is not that easy. So I, I would say 
tell me if I'm accurate here. In pro racing, drifting, any type of motorsports, you have a very, very small contingency of pros who are actually getting paid decent money to do it. You have a large contingency of people with either their own money, parents' money, major financial backing who are in it, and then a small contingency of people who bootstrap it. Is that... It's, I think that's accurate. pretty well fair across all motorsports. That's a general, I think, blanket way to look at all of it. And it is a microcosm. FD is a microcosm of that for sure. sure. So, um, so how did you? What? What of those? Where of those three do you fall? Um, and and how did you get to be a pro? And 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 what's that really like? So I would say somewhere in between the final two, and I definitely was the the last one for a long time. Um, just bootstrapping it. Yeah, just just trying to fig scratch claw fight, figure out any kind of way to to make it happen um, on no budget whatsoever. Um, I still have this little Nigerian tire place down the street um, that I went and bought used tires and ran all the way through pro am on like I might have a two thirty five on one side and a two fifty five <laughs> on the other side, not the same brand. Um, just whatever I could find the dude cut me a deal for like five bucks a tire. It's That's gone awesome. up significantly since then, but, um, just trying to find any way. And throughout the course of the last 10 years, we've been fortunate enough to hook up with some great companies like comp cams and yellow speed racing and liquid Molly caterpillar this year. Um, and, and get some, finally get some backing and some help and a way to progress our, our whole program forward. Is Caterpillar going to try to get you to start drifting like with a Caterpillar track vehicles or I'm something? Ready. I, I'm ready. That might they be got good, the torque. It might be good promo. <laughs> they got the torque. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. If you're looking for a gift for somebody you like or for garage art for your own place, check out celebritymachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST for a 25.39% discount at checkout. Again, go to celebritymachines.com and use discount code SWITCHCAST. Yeah, okay, so you said the last 10 years. So how long was the journey overall between when you were drifting on back roads in your parents' car, I assume that's how you started, and um, and and where you're at now. So I started doing asphalt oval track racing in 2003 when I was 13. Okay. And um, did that for about 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. I was the wild-eyed kid that had aspirations of NASCAR all the way up till I was probably... It probably said in at 18 or 19 that this probably is not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I looked at my, my bank account. Nowadays, my, you, you realize by eight years old that it is or isn't going to happen. Yeah, that, I had, that's, I had that's the racing. pipe dream looking at my bank account and my parents' bank account and where we lived and where the other people around me lived and the trailers they were showing up in. And I was like, I don't think this is going to happen for me. Yeah. So um, as much as I still love oval track racing, I kind of took a look around and did some self-reflection. I was like, all right, well, what? It, it, and that by itself kind of soured it for me a little bit, if I'm being honest. Um, it's it's kind of a hard thing to accept that um, motorsports, racing specifically, 
Um, it's probably the only sport really anywhere where the best players don't play on Sunday. Yeah, that's that's a really it's a really good observation and and really difficult. So when I was in high school, and it's it hasn't always been that way, right? So you look at uh, historical racing, and granted, you know, back in the early days of racing, they'd take anyone who would get in the driver's seat because they might not come back. So they had to have drivers, you know, literally disposable drivers. But um, it has progressed to such that. You know, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a pro race car driver. Granted, I didn't actually have the skills. I just thought I did. But I knew a guy who raced Formula Atlantic. And, you know, he said it cost him 25 grand a weekend to go out. And um, he said, do you know the owner of Pepsi? I said, no. He said, okay, well, you're not going to be a pro driver. Um, it's so much more than just now, that was driving. that was an easy letdown for me because a harder letdown would be you don't have the skills, which I didn't. But the the same happens for people who do have the skills and you know as a part-time musician like most of the time in music if you have the skills you'll make it yeah that's a little bit more nuanced and partly about right time right place but in sports if you have the skills you'll make it in business if you have the skills usually you'll make it in racing you got to have the talent the business and you got to be likable enough money, for somebody to have the blonde the money. hair, the blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Either your parents have got to have money or somebody has got to really like you that does. Yeah. Um, to get to that point. So that kind of got me once I came to that realization that the oval track thing was, was just a pipe dream. Uh, I kind of looked around and I'm like, well, how am I going to, I still love cars and motorsports and racing. What else is there out there that maybe there's, a little easier path to get into and i never really had any aspirations of going pro that was so far out of reach for me when i sold my oval track stuff and bought a ten thousand dollar drift car by the time it was all said and done i was just gonna go and drive and enjoy it and have some fun with my friends but um i'm so competitive as you know um <laughs> yes and i couldn't leave Who's well gonna enough win alone. Karting le- next time <laughs> yeah exactly um so i it didn't take six months before I was entering competitions and working my way up. And I kind of just accidentally got a pro spec or pro two license at the time. And I was like, well, hell I've got the license. I'd be ashamed to not use it. I'm at least going to go give it a shot and did that for a year and almost got my pro license that year. I was one spot out of getting my pro license, the top eight get their license. And I finished ninth. And then the second year I finished high enough and got my license. And, you know, once you get that far, it's like, I got my pro license. I kind of can't stop now. And, uh, you know, we're six or seven years into that now. And we finished top 10 in 2020, had a miserable letdown of a season last year. And so far this, this year is going much better. Good, good. Nathan's Detailing is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Nathan's Detailing is a company in Cleveland, Ohio that provides mobile detailing services for individuals and dealerships. They also offer PPF and ceramic coating installations. With over 800 Google reviews and an impressive 4.9 star rating, Nathan's Detailing is the go-to shop for all of your detailing and protection needs. With Nathan's, convenience is key. Their mobile detailing technicians bring the power, water, and supplies to your home or work and detail your car on site. Check out the link in our description for free interior fabric protection or leather conditioning with your purchase. 
at Nathan's Detailing. This smiles for you. All right, so you've got pretty good sponsorship now. You just you were in a Cadillac CTS ATS. for the last ATS. I'm sorry for the last few years, and you you sold that off and bought a Corvette Z06, which I think Close. is super cool. Just it looks like a Z06, but I didn't do the Z06 only for the for the fact that it has an aluminum frame. Okay, and we go all over the country, um, and we wreck these cars, and. Um, as far as trackside repairs or finding somebody across all of God's creation to help you in a pinch, I went with the steel chassis for that specific reason of being able to fix something. Right. Well, what is it? TIG welding with aluminum you have to do? And yeah, not, and not somebody as many people very do that. qualified on a frame machine right. if you heard it. Right. So yep. that's why we. I had the option to buy a shell actually for the same price, a Z06 aluminum chassis mm-hmm. or the steel chassis, and I still opted the steel. Gotcha. Okay. So you're bootstrapping it essentially. You do have sponsors. Um, what does it cost to run uh, a season doing pro drifting? Um, I mean, it's pretty much a hundred grand, no matter how you cut it. If plus, it, plus the entry fee of the car. Well, that's including the entry fee, but it's well, not sorry, including. I mean, like the it's not including know, the car, the car, like yeah. building the car. Right. Okay. Yeah, if you're gonna go out and do it right, and all your by the time you get everybody to the track, you have a place for them to stay. You put fuel in the truck. You fix the car every time it gets torn up. Um, you enter the events, which is expensive. Um, spare parts. It's it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, and you and you do it pretty cheap because you have a lot of volunteers and a lot of help, a lot of people that want to see you do well. Absolutely. Um, when you're at this level, uh, obviously, you know, to get to this level, for most people, it takes a bunch of money. But money doesn't ultimately buy skill, right? It, it buys a lot of training, yep. but it can't give you, I guess, the X factor that you need to win. Are you seeing some redemption in that now that you're being competitive and saying, okay, I can I can take some of these guys out even on a far lesser budget? Yes. Um, I, I equate it to like moving up the ranks in oval track racing towards NASCAR. There's late models and... Um, you know, all these different forms of stock cars. And the higher you get in that, the more the car matters. Um, I, I like to equate it of if you're going to go win in those type of cars, late models and on up to NASCAR, the car is going to give you 75% of what you need to go be competitive. And 25% of that is the driver. I tend to say that this is flipped the other direction to some degree. Mm. I think the driver matters more in this than any other motorsport I've ever been a part of. Um, I can take a a car that is a hundred thousand dollar car and go compete and win against a half a million dollar car or three quarters of a million dollar car. And it's I don't think there's anywhere else that can say that with confidence. Gotcha. Speaking of a half million dollar car, there's a yellow Ferrari 599 in Formula Drift that uh, is is fairly famous, I guess. Um, what the heck did that thing cost to build? I have not asked Federico <laughs> that question. Um, he is a good friend of mine, and, and we've talked at length, but um, I don't know what that car's story is. I don't know if he got it as like a strip shell or a, a salvage situation or if he bought a 
Ferrari 599 and stripped it down to make a drift Golly. car. I hope that's not the answer, but I just I the spare parts, the engineering that go into it. I mean, at least with a Corvette, there's there's people out there on the aftermarket catering to the parts you need. That's exactly You're not why I'm fabricating in one. everything from scratch. It's with a 599, he's the only one. Yeah, he's in the same situation I was in with the Cadillac and that's why I'm not in the Cadillac anymore. I Gotcha. There are very high quality engineered parts available from multiple different manufacturers for Corvettes and many other drift cars and all the angle kits and everything else that it took to get the Cadillac to be a drift car were by me and a few other people like me um, in a shop like wonder if this will work <laughs> um, and we tried and over the course of four years we made it work and it was pretty good but um, you know, I'm th three events into the, the, this year with the Corvette and it's better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. So you like banked courses, right? I do. I mean, I grew Why up on oval that? track. Oh so yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I'm just, it, it's home for me. It feels good. I don't, it, they don't intimidate me like they do some people. I've, I spent the first 10 years of my motorsports career on banks. Is it the banking or the walls that intimidate people? Yes. Or both? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, that's that's why I don't like. That's why it's scarier to try stuff on the street because of the consequences. So I, I get that if there's a wall nearby, like, and it, they it, want you on the wall, touching it, yeah, yeah as close yeah. as you can get. And when there's very very slim margin for error, that's I say you know drifting is um, it's, th it's the only form of motorsport that I believe you can go out by yourself forever and still have a good time um oval track no chance road racing eventually will get boring by yourself you need to be racing to have a yep. good time this not that not that way right um I, I will i don't think if i ever lose the butterflies right before i send it off and into a corner at 80 or 90 miles an hour up against a wall I'm either dead or I need to quit um, <laughs> because it, it's crazy what what we're being asked to do um, and and to put the car on a razor's edge right and not try to not stick it in the fence. That's awesome. How many times a year do you stuff a car? I mean, those drift cars they look good on TV. Okay, average. I not this year, but you know they look good on TV, but they're really really a mess in person. I never You're stuff the Cadillac. Um, and your version of stuffing in mine might be different. Okay, yeah, like bumpers <laughs> coming off. What what would on a normal track day be a really bad day for somebody on a drifting event is is no big deal because you come with spare bumpers and spare wheels and to me, axles stuffing and stuff a car, like that. If if you're on a bank track specifically, use that as an example, and you initiate on the bank and you hit the wall at the right rear and you come around and hit it with the front, you've stuffed it. Right, but that, that's you're that done for the day. Stuff. Um, maybe, maybe not. It depends on <laughs> it depends on which way the tires are turned. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into that go into that. Right. Um, we may have to take a break here. It's almost time yeah, for you to good. drive again. Oh, okay. All right, I got to go out and show my stuff. Yeah, you're, so. you're gonna get to drive. The, you drove the Mustang, or no? I drove the yeah, Mustang. Yeah, you drove the Mustang morning, this which morning, which I loved. And now you're going to get to drive the Z, so you'll get to compare the two when we resume this. Right. <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing I noticed, so the Mustang was it was really really good as a road course car. Like I love to just go out and do hot laps in that car. But a good road course car is a little too stable, I think, for a drift car. You want them to be a little loose. 
I guess. To, but for, at least for it set the threshold. Like right. It, the the threshold was higher to get it really upset. Yeah. So I like when I'm screwing around, I like doing it on old tires or in the rain because, you know, there's less to go wrong. Um, but watching you guys tandem out there in the Corvette and the, the Nissan, I, I felt a little bit better because I'm like, man, that Nissan is super loose and it's a slower speed. You're having to, you're having to push that Mustang. Yeah, you got to hustle it. To, to get it sideways. And so I'm like, All right, I, I'm, I'm reasonably confident that I'm going to, fare a little bit better in the nissan even though it won't sound as good i think you might but too <laughs> we'll see how it goes awesome thanks taylor let's do it switchcast is brought to you by boxcast boxcast is a live streaming company based in cleveland ohio and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world their founders launched boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose to make people part of the experience if you're looking to live stream your podcast church service car show, sporting event, your wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy, flexible live streaming platform for organizations and individuals. BoxCast is so easy, we're broadcasting this from a phone. Head over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. Again, it's switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do. I do have a. Well, yeah, that would be my one complaint about this is, um, yeah, not n- not enough alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if that would improve or the driving or not, but it's close course. Oh gosh. Well, that was exhausting. Um, I did drive the 350Z after the Mustang. It was a totally different car. Uh, it was way looser, which made it a little bit easier after a while. Um, I think I would have wanted to start with the 350 and graduate to the Mustang and graduate to the Mustang. Um, but yeah, like the Mustang, I think I said this already, but it it would make a really, really good track car because it's, it's so grippy and so planted very, but, and it takes a lot to get it over the line. But you know, I went out in that 350 Z and just spun it and spun it and spun it because it was so much looser. And then, but once I got it, it was easier to to link those terms yeah i think you did really well on the 350z it was um i mean you did well on both but kind of to finish the day just the consistency was absolutely there and uh you did a great job thanks man thanks man i, yeah. d- I don't like suck- on the advanced class <laughs> i don't like sucking at things so some of its stubbornness and competitiveness and just you know a dogged determination to to figure it out so but you guys were really great teachers and and all that so um yeah, so it, it's it's interesting because there's people from all aspects, all walks of, of you know experience and and uh, all levels here. And I was thinking over the course of the day, like there are some people I'm watching them. I'm like, they're they're just not getting it. They're not going to get it. They're they're understeering. They're doing this. They're you know I just don't see that being overcome. And you guys just rotated in and out and kind of the the summary phrase I came up with in my observation is not everyone learned the same, but everyone learned something. Yep. Like we all moved from here to somewhere better than when we started. Absolutely. I mean, we've come up with a general formula that I believe works, which is starting with circle donuts, both ways, bigger circle donuts, both ways, figure eights, and then onto the track. But it's not a one size fits all it's yeah. one size fits most and then 
there's anomalies that learn better on the track than they do in the parking lot and we have to kind of realize at some point where there's a stop and we have to pull the plug on it and find a different way because otherwise you spend the whole day doing one thing whereas right. they might learn better in a different way and that's that's the beauty of having two or three different instructors is i might not be able to communicate a message in the way that somebody needs to hear it always but maybe michael can or maybe hunter can right so it's right we're all very different come from different backgrounds and it's nice to have some different perspectives i think right right i think that's the case with anything i would you know teaching skiing like yeah some people just can't communicate what they need to communicate or you know don't observe the same things or, or, or the the person doesn't receive that um so we got some fun we got some drifting going on in the background here yep. but uh um what would be your advice for somebody that is kind of just getting into cars and driving and wants to become a pro drifter. I mean, Come I know that university, <laughs> right? Uh, this isn't a commercial, but this is like you, you've you've gone the whole. And obviously, you didn't have the advantage of having a school, but you've you've walked that entire road um, from start to finish. What would be your advice to people that want to do it? In all seriousness, I do think this works. But outside of of this and me promoting my my school, um, well, this is a good foundation. Yeah, it really. is. I mean, it, if you want to get into racing. Period. You start at school. Yeah. Eventually, if you're going to continue to do this, you're going to want your own car. Um, get a car that you can afford and that you can afford to continue to drive. Um, I can't stress enough. Do not build your first drift car. Go buy one that's already <laughs> done. Um, so many people get caught up in the endless cycle of building a pro car and you don't you're not a pro driver. You don't need a pro car. You need right. a car. You need something very similar to what we have. All three of our cars at the school are pretty base level, and they're that way on purpose so that anybody can learn. He's got sparks coming from the rear tire. Yep, yep. That's these tires awesome. are uh, are done on uh, Michael's car that's out, so out driving right now. I think that's there's there's a couple things there. Um, one of them is is affirming. The, the best decision I made today was getting a rental. Yeah. Right. So you guys were using fairly sure stock like cars. It. Yeah. Fairly stock cars. Well, I'm talking about just like enjoyment of the day, right? Like everybody, I think, that brought their car didn't get the full experience because their car kept breaking on them. And you guys used fairly stock, hardly modified cars. And, you know, that's a a recipe for reliability you're just beating the snot out of them all yeah. day long they're not going to win a drift event but they work for what we're doing what you're doing here um and Absolutely. the second is is affirming what you said like even uh, i do lemons racing right it's basic basic but uh when we sold our first race car um and we wanted to go up a class we started from scratch and we're 20 plus thousand dollars into a build. And when we were like halfway through, but totally committed to it, no turning back, we found a better car on eBay all done for eight grand. Yep. No, it probably needs some sorting, but it was just like, gosh darn it. Done. Like that's, it's always the answer is, is buy one, already buy done. one already done. Like building is never the Find answer. Find someone that gave up on their dreams and, <laughs> and relieve them of their misery. <laughs> Um, it's true. Um, I mean, it's coming from somebody that's built many, many cars. I built my most recent pro car, but it's only because I had a very specific vision of what I wanted and there was nothing out there for sale. So that's a little bit different thing, but, 
um, someone will be selling a pretty base level drift car of some kind if that's something you that you want to get into. And like you said, um, finding something that you don't have to modify the powertrain in initially that's what we've got the powertrains are stock in these cars stock stock motor stock trans it's a welded diff and we modify the suspension to work that stuff's pretty easily replaceable it's reasonably priced to get into and it's not going to affect the reliability for the most part that's it's the drivetrain that affects that and if you keep these things the, the factories are pretty smart um, and they design them a certain way for a reason if you keep them in that design they're going to last for the most part short of an anomaly right yeah yeah, I, I love modified cars. Stock cars are boring, but I pay the price for that, too. <laughs> As do I, and I have and will continue to. Yep, yep. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, this has been an awesome experience. Um, it's definitely leveled me up uh, in my driving game. I uh, can't wait to go try it on the street uh, when the <laughs> cops are behind me. Perfect. Um, that is what... the the point of this is right yeah that's the graduation <laughs> that's the graduation there is i want to see you on the news yeah and uh but they're gonna be like i don't know who this guy was he got away <laughs> not don't like oj it. right <laughs> awesome um but well, you like your wife so i i do i do um and she likes me not in jail um so well thank you for uh just starting this business, uh, making something that, that we can attend. Um, and, uh, thanks for being just a great host and, and teacher and all that. Uh, thanks for being a friend. Um, how can people get in touch with you, follow you in your formula drift, uh, career this year? How can people get in touch with you about the school? You know, give, give all your your stuff yeah for sure so i'm on instagram facebook youtube you can search at taylor hull 82 or at taylor hull taylor hull racing um i'm gonna come up on, on one of those three searches uh, yep. across social media and then drift university you can look online um instagram at drift university and our website is uh the drift university.com so awesome. you can go on there reach out to us it'll be me or my wife tomorrow that gets back to you and um I, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to create ur urgency, but every time we open up a class, it books up pretty quickly. Um, yep. As I said I earlier, found that I barely got in. So. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I I was thinking about it. Yeah, and it's it's just because of we keep it so small so that yep. we can have that intimate setting and everybody actually progress. That's that's why it's. Yep. Um, that's why it books up fast because we don't have many spots. So yep. I'm very very fortunate to say we've sold out every class we've ever done, and I think almost everybody has left here with an extremely positive experience and and having gotten better than when they got here right awesome so thank you very much for coming absolutely um it was really enjoyed so having fun. you uh you did awesome i i the progression from the first time in the parking lot not that you did bad but you know having never drifted you going from circle donuts to you know full-on advanced style stuff yeah well it's it it felt good i just it was i'm I was glad to learn. I don't know. It was just, it was such a, I'm still processing all of it. <laughs> like it's a it was, very it's technical, exhausting, hard track. Man, it was, it was when, when you get it, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, and I'm sure I'll see you again soon at some sort of, uh, scofflaw activities right yes yes that will not be talked about until after they're completed <laughs> absolutely <laughs> something along the lines of the shirt that you've got on right, or, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, similar yeah. to it yeah awesome well thanks taylor absolutely thank you very much 
We're happy to have Nuts for Sticks as a sponsor of SwitchCast. Nuts for Sticks is a fantastic merchandise site where you can get t-shirts, car-related t-shirts that usually also have dad jokes and puns on them. They have a great selection of high-quality t-shirts there, so go check them out at nutsforsticks.com and use discount code SWITCHCAST for 10% off your entire order. Again, that's nutsforsticks.com, discount code SWITCHCAST. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Again, as much as I did, I have a lot of fun with these interviews, learning more about the people that I know and like, and uh, learning just more about uh, parts of the automotive industry and automotive passion that I'm not quite familiar with. So I hope that was enjoyable for you guys. It is time now for the props and flops of the week. These props and flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com or drop us a line directly as uh, often many of the cars don't even make it onto the website. Our pick of the week from Switch Cars inventory is a new arrival. It is a 2000 Corvette convertible in millennium yellow it has just 41,000 miles on it and it's a six-speed manual honestly the reason this one gets my pick of the week is because it's a yellow Corvette in a manual I feel like every other one is automatic maybe I'm stereotyping but whatever if you want a yellow Corvette that's a manual if you like flying kind of under the radar your fan of subtlety this is the one for you so the flop of the week comes to us all the way from Ireland. A company called Vale Automotive, who used to make limo conversions, took the pandemic shutdown as an opportunity to make pseudo Porsche GT1 body kits for 986 Boxsters. Although they're not really GT1 kits, they look kind of a like a hodgepodge between that and a, a 918 Spider and a couple other things. But anyway. I'm no fan of body kits in general, and especially not fakies, but at least this may save some people from doing their own homebrewed Florida man abominations on Boxster chassis. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know the quality of Vail Automotive. These things may be really high quality. I can't speak to that because I haven't seen them. But if limo conversions in Ireland are anything like the ones I've seen stateside, which have more waves in the metal than a beach on the Atlantic during a hurricane, then I'm not super optimistic. But I guess this is the unintended consequence of Boxsters being just really, really cheap as you get people doing funny things with them. So anyway, to each his own, this whole thing, it just isn't me. I don't, I don't like body kits. And thanks to uh, Jim Zabo for the tip on this one. Prop of the week comes to us from Ford. Their new Raptor R has 700 horsepower utilizing the GT500 engine. That's right, friggin' redneck gas guzzlers. Here you go. The only hybrid power in this thing is a supercharger that's connected to a big V8 engine. And this is really cool, especially in the face of the all-electric F-150 Lightning, which, of course, the Lightning name, I guess it's fitting, you know, that... It's for an electric car, but the Lightning name comes to us from the, the Ford F-150 SVT Lightning, which was a supercharged V8 back in the day. Although as much as I want to make fun of this EV technology, let's be honest, the Raptor R and the SVT Lightning probably have 
about the same range with the abysmal MPGs that the Raptor likely gets. Although I have to note that they need a new copy editor. As their website states, quote unquote, its pulse is measured in RPMs, not beats. But there's an apostrophe in its, making it a contraction, not a possessive pronoun. My wife, <clears throat> my wife would have a conniption fit over that. Improper placement of apostrophes and possessive pronouns is her pet peeve. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us once again. Thank you to my guest, Taylor Hall, to our sponsors, BoxCast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Stephen Holm Woodworking, and Nathan's Detailing, and to our producer, Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. with a new guest as we look forward to answering your automotive questions and entertaining you to help you on the drive of your life.